you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground. I am here today with Allie and Amy of Reopen San Diego. Uh, we're all San Diegans. I've been following a lot of what they've been doing. I've actually been in touch with them on some other, um, some issues regarding reopening and the legal aspects of it. Uh, so they've been doing a lot of good work. I know they've been working hard on getting things open between businesses and schools and the mass mandate and all that stuff. Um, but besides that, I just want to kick it off and let you guys start, introduce yourselves. Uh, what got you started? What got you motivated? What made you just jump up and say, like, let's do this? And when did it actually start Reopen San Diego? Yeah, um, I guess I'll start because uh, I just, you know, last year, I God, I think it was like I wasn't even the first person that realized this was all kind of like more than they were telling us. You know, I want to say it was a little bit late, but once I got to the game, you know, I can go zero to 60 pretty fast. So once I realized there's more to this than what they're telling us, um, a friend recommended the Facebook group Reopen San Diego. So I joined mm-hmm. it and I kind of, you know, joined in the discussion with people there. But this was during the, like the severest time during the lockdowns where I remember going to the park with my kids to roller skate in Rancho Penasquitos. You weren't supposed to be at the park and the police literally rolled up onto the grass, you know, as if to, and it was at that point I looked at my kids and said, I guess we better go. I mean, I couldn't believe, you know, literally the police, you know, are coming onto the grass to discourage people from being at a public park. It was shocking to me. So it was around that time, you know, in the Facebook group, I say, I floated the idea of like an in-person meetup group. Who wants to meet in person? I know they're telling us not to, but um, my background is a science, as a science teacher and as a health coach, I wasn't um, so much worried about COVID per se, because I feel like I know how to protect myself, but also um, just worried about mental health for me and my kids being isolated away from people as a single parent, it was just really hard. I needed to be around humans. So I said, who, you know, who wants to meet in person? There was a a pretty decent response. And one of those respondees was Diane Ake, who's the co-founder, not of the Facebook group. So the group did grow out of the Facebook group. But when we say reopen San Diego, what we mean is the in-person, you know, activism group, really. And so Mm -hmm. Diane and I kind of had the same idea at the same time. Um, And our first meeting was at Liberty Station with about 12 people. Um, And, you know, kind of all looking at each other going like, what the heck's going on, you know? And it it was a great time to just kind of validate each other's uh, feelings of this, something's not right. I'm worried. And, Fast forward to, you know, we continued meeting, um, and then I think it was, was it July or August that we met Amy at um, a rally in Carlsbad, and she started coming to our um, our in-person meetings, and she's actually the one that 
in November, she texted me one night and was like, we have to do something because they were, they were really going to lock us back down again. I can't remember the exact time. Uh, I said, we are going into the purple tier. I know Gavin's going to do it on Tuesday. We have to do something. Yeah. So, so uh, she's, she texted me that night. We planned our first rally back in November in about like a week. And, you know, we've been going kind of um, nonstop ever since. So that's, that's my story. Do you, what do you want to add? Yeah. So we had this rally in November. It was Save San Diego. And we had uh, two mayors there, the mayor of El Cajon, Bill Wells. We had the mayor of Coronado. We had the vice chair of the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. And that was like our big public introduction to everything. And then in December, we had an all I want for Christmas is freedom rally in El Cajon. And there were a thousand people there. We had media helicopters flying over us. This was at the height of the lockdowns. And back then we started with an email list of about 150 and now we're up to 2000 subscribers. So we continue to grow. That's awesome. Um, so in that time, how, what kind of proactive, action did you take as an activist group? So like walk people through what was stuff that you did and maybe they can take some inspiration from what you did to kind of put pressure on their local politicians um, all across the state. Yeah. Let me share about that. Yeah, you go first. So one of the things that we knew right away is that people were craving human contact. We were all so deprived during the shutdowns and the lockdowns. And so we created community, not only through our meetings before I came along at Liberty Station, but then we began to meet at Balboa Park. And then we actually started having speakeasies. So at this yeah. time, uh, people were not allowed in a room with even somebody of another household. It was, we had curfews every single night at 10 o'clock. I'm sure you remember that very well. And we were having events with live music. We were having speakers. We would have another event with a panel of attorneys to talk about the legal implications. And we kept pressuring our local authorities. And for whatever reason, our message really resonated. And whenever we would put on a rally, and how many we had so far? Seven. We had seven rallies and by doing that and by being consistent and putting that pressure on and again I just want to tell anybody who wants to grow a group what is so important is being able to communicate to your group and you cannot rely on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook because you can get deplatformed right I mean even our own YouTube channel got a strike so YouTube didn't like some of our content and so by uh, going to different events and partnering with different groups, like we did Let Them Breathe, which is a group that advocates for getting the masks off of our kids' faces at school, partnering with other groups, and it's going to sound very marketing 101, but building that email list and then messaging. And right now, we probably send five emails a week of valuable content of action items 
like what just happened at Cal OSHA yesterday, which was a disaster. Yeah, it's plug I'm actually have, uh, let them breathe on next week to talk about what they're doing. So I know they've been doing good work as well. Um, I, and you brought it up, I guess we can just kind of like transition into that. So this week, I was all excited because this was technically the freedom week for California. Gavin Newsom had a big charade with minions and fireworks and confetti and all that stuff to say that we were open. But the real question is, I think a lot of Californians who have been skeptic this whole time, are we really open in the full sense? We're not open, certainly like Florida or Texas or South Dakota, which was always open. Um, so let's start there and I'll bring up the article that you sent me over uh, this morning to discuss. We're open in the sense that um, China's open. That's a so we have good a, way we to have put it. So much freedom, you know, I, I heard a quote from Gavin Newsom. I think it was Gavin Newsom's "Just Getting Started" is what it what the quote was. I'm just getting started, or something like that. And I thought, yeah, I'll bet he is. And, and look, we know that they've been planning this for a long time. That's what we know. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't think that they plan to give up very easily. And I want to say to your earlier question, what can anybody do if just a regular mom, you know, former middle school science teacher who was a stay at home mom like me can, can start doing stuff. I think anybody can start doing stuff. You just have to understand that one person can make a huge difference. And I would say to anybody listening, go out there and connect, connect with people, find out the groups that are doing stuff, join them, go to their events, meet people, you know, start going to your board of supervisors meetings. Um, right now you can get into a board of supervisors meeting without a mask on. Um, so that's wonderful. So, you know, communicate with them, let them know. And don't ever think that you can't make a huge difference because to be honest, I've thought a lot over the last year, Phil, if everybody had the energy, I guess, I don't know what to call it, that me and Amy have and Diane, then we wouldn't be in this mess. You know, if, if everybody, and it's all a mindset, right? Because there's no difference to me and Amy or you to anybody else. It's just, we've decided we're not gonna let this stand. This is our state. Um, you know, our kids need to survive and thrive here and living as if we're in communist China with all these rules over what we can and can't do and what we must and must not inject into our bodies is, is not acceptable. And it starts there. It's not acceptable. It's not going to stand and we're going to do something about it. Yeah, I, I've said before on podcasts and lives and stuff that if you want to get stuff done and I've seen the biggest drivers of change are the badass moms because once you get moms involved we'll make things happen and especially if it, it has anything to do with their children it will that the, they'll fight like you know mama bears protecting their cubs so um badass moms have been leading the way i believe in california on a lot of these issues uh just a, a side note. So now you can actually go into the board of supervisors meetings. So now you can actually look like Nathan Fletcher in the eye when you're talking to him rather than like a phone call. Right. Have you done that yet? And uh, are they appreciating people coming in and calling them out for how bad they are right now? 
Well, we actually had a rally on April 6th. It was called Let Us In Rally. And we were outside of the San Diego County Board of Supervisors because as it turned out, other Board of Supervisors meetings were open to the public in person, like Orange County, like Riverside, like San Bernardino, mm -hmm. and San Diego County was still closed. So we had a rally and it was like a Tuesday morning with 100 people and every single media outlet was there. And what do you know, a couple weeks later, they announced, oh, we're going to invite the public back in in person. So here's the issue though. <sighs> For example, there are many people that have really suffered this past year because they have legitimate health issues where they cannot wear a face covering. And one of those people is my husband. He is legally deaf. He cannot hear in one ear and is completely deaf almost in the other ear. So he relies on reading lips and the little sound that he can hear. But guess what? When there's a mask, well, the sound is muffled and he can't read lips. So yeah. it's been very difficult, but right away, we were able to get a legitimate health exemption under the California mandate from a physician at Sharpie Steely in San Diego, right? Unquestionable. Well, guess what? The San Diego County Board of Supervisors, we presented it to county council and they rejected it. They said we couldn't come in. So as of now, now that California has had its magical date, yes, now we can go in and we can address our county board of supervisors and I can't wait. I can't wait to look Nathan Fletcher in the eye. Well, I think he's been enjoying hiding behind phone calls and not having to face any of the San Diegans this entire year. So it'll be fun to watch him actually face uh, live constituents and voters. That's another thing that I found crazy and heartbreaking throughout the entire this whole issue with mass and the health exemptions is that for public health officials to not really carve out exactly how you're supposed to apply the health exemptions or because businesses weren't really sure how to look at. It, so they just were always on the side of, well, I'll just caution that you have to wear a mask, even if it causes issues with PTSD or you can't breathe through it. Um, so that I always found that interesting that they, they spent so much time on arbitrary rules that seem to make no sense. Like, oh, you can walk to a restaurant with your mask on, but the minute you sit down, you can now take your mask off. But they couldn't figure out how do we tell businesses how to accept health exemptions for people who couldn't wear a mask. Um, so speaking of masks and vaccines, the, you sent me this article this morning and it's sort of been in the... It's been out there this whole week. He's kind of been teasing at it, but it looks like now there's going to be a vaccine like verification program going on. Um, do you think it's a vaccine passport? Do you think he's putting lipstick on a pig here and trying to make it look better than what it is? So we knew this was coming. We've been talking about this uh, for almost a year that this was coming. And we were told that we were conspiracy theorists for even saying that one day we could find ourselves in a world where your employer, your boss, the person who is literally the master of your livelihood could sit you down, look you in the eye, 
and make you answer a yes and no question. Have you been vaccinated? Right? That is now the law of the land in California, according to Cal OSHA's ruling yesterday. Uh, employers, the uh, article that you have right there on the screen from the Los Angeles Times breaks down exactly what Cal OSHA did yesterday. So it's already happened today. I already got a frantic call. Uh, it was from a husband whose wife uh, has to let her employer know if she's vaccinated or not. And depending on her answer, she will be, she is not vaccinated. So once she provides the no, I have not been vaccinated, she will be one of the few people in her office who has to wear a mask. So now all her coworkers will know, oh, Sally has not been vaccinated. It's going to open up possible segregation, discrimination in the workplace for her. She could be ostracized, made an outcast by previous coworkers who maybe used to bring her birthday presents right on her birthday or go out to lunch with her. This is going to hurt the career that she has spent her entire life building. And now she'll have to deal with customers too, who know when they walk in and they see that she's one of the few people masked up. That's the scarlet letter. It lets everybody know who's vaccinated and who's not. And that's unacceptable. This is not the world we want to live in. And we plan to fight it 100%. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy how they just won't let it go on this issue. And California benefits from the fact that it, it has such a population that sees this whole mask issue as one-sided that the vaccine is all good. I mean, you have people like James Corden singing songs about it and dancing around with Ariana Grande to it. So um, cringy. That video is it, so it, cringy. It, oh, it's the, the I, I never want to hear from people on the left ever again, complain about big pharma ever again, because the way they've been parading and trumpeting big pharma to the, to their billions of dollars of profit. I never want to hear from that again. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, and you're right. It, it's going to create this social pressure now of, well, I can see so-and-so is wearing a mask, which means they're unvaccinated. And then everybody else who's vaccinated in the job gets to go, why don't you just get vaccinated? Why don't you, you know, it's so easy to do. You could take your mask off. Why do you, what do you have against it? And we know this is going to happen. I mean, we were exercising our legal health exemption not to wear a mask, and we were verbally attacked. Allie, tell them some stories about what happened to you. Yeah, I've been going without a mask for probably this whole time. I mean, I grew up with severe asthma as a child, and I know what it's like to not breathe. And I was like, I'll be damned if I'm going to cover my <laughs> cover my mouth again. Um, and furthermore, again, it doesn't take much, much research to see that there, you know, a cloth mask is not going to prevent viral particles. I mean, you don't see a healthcare worker wearing a cloth mask into a tuberculosis room. So it's all theater, you know, it's all really for nothing, but it's actually worse than that. So you might be aware that the masks are actually bad for you and they also make you more infectious. So in my mind, 
you know, this conspiracy goes so deep to make people wear something that makes them more infectious under the guise of protecting other people is so sinister. Um, I just wouldn't participate in it. So yeah, I mean, I've been verbally attacked by grown men, um, you know, out just trying to mind my own business and, and shop. I've been refused service. I don't want to name names, but it rhymes with Trader Joe's. Um, you know, just trying to get groceries at a store I used to really enjoy going to and used to always feel welcome and really had a good vibe. Then it turned into, into this horrible discrimination and almost like public shaming. And we know that that's mm -hmm. what's going to happen to people that, um, you know, now are going to have the scarlet letter of being unvaccinated. And it's so ridiculous because if other people are vaccinated, it shouldn't matter whether or not I get vaccinated. Isn't that the point of the vaccination to protect you? I'm not quite sure what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. It, the, the, the social pressure has been real in California. I felt it. Um, I'm sure anybody like yourselves who's been on the front lines, you felt the social pressure. Um, I've had family members who have stopped talking to me. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they heard about the mass lawsuit that we initiated and they, they went off on me and said, why do you want people to die? What's wrong with you? Uh, are you so selfish? Is it because you're a Trumper? Is it because you're X, Y, and Z? You must hate people. Um, so when you start, when you guys really took the reins of this, did you see a lot of that social pushback from anybody in your close community? And because I think that's what really scares a lot of people in California to step up and, and make their voices heard is they're afraid that there's so many people who are going to shout them down. Uh, maybe you could kind of go over that so listeners can feel inspired to like get past that and fight for uh, the cause they believe in. Yeah. So for me, I literally had an awakening where Allie mm -hmm. and I are sitting right now, just two miles from this beautiful picture you see in the back of these rolling hills is where the La Mesa riots happened. And three mm. weeks before the La Mesa riots happened, that's when La Jolla Shores was reopened, right? We all, San Diegans listening to this, you all know La Jolla Shores very well. Well, you couldn't park in the parking lot. That was blocked because coronavirus was apparently in the parking lot, but not in the side streets. Mm -hmm. And that parking lot was guarded by a San Diego PD squad car, a border patrol car, and a meter maid, right? But myself and my 10-year-old, we ran across that parking lot. He made a beeline across the sand, and he was in the waves before I knew it. And then I decided to sit down with my blanket and my chair. And as I sat down, this San Diego lifeguard approached me, and he was very good-looking, by the way he's a San Diego lifeguard but he said you can't sit here and I said what and he said you have to stay in motion you can't stay in one place and I said but my son is right there and he said well you can go down you know the shore where I can't see you and I said but if you can't see me that means you can't see my son yeah. and then uh, basically, what I did was a uh, Madonna starlight side to side for about an hour and a half. So I was complying. Uh, three weeks later, all hell broke loose two miles from my house. 
three buildings were burned down. And what came out of that the following week, uh, and we were under National Guard uh, curfew every night here at 6.30 in La Mesa. We were all told that we should be celebrating those riots and that those riots did not spread corona and uh, coronavirus. And I was just, that was my wake up moment. I, I felt powerless. I felt, um, I'm, I felt a little humiliated thinking back to the lifeguard insisting that I had to keep in motion. Uh, there was not one chance that I was going to get coronavirus that day at the beach. So uh, that's when I decided, you know what, I, I know I have to do something. I don't know what. And I started searching for like-minded groups and people because you're absolutely right, Phil. When I started speaking out on social media, I lost friends. Even my own brother unfriended and blocked me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I think yeah, and, I just add like um, you're you're asking things to encourage people. Um, yeah, you're you're possibly going to lose friends, and you're possibly going to lose family, but you're going to gain new family and friends. And you know, if if these people can abandon you so easily, then I I have to question you know, how much they truly cared about me in the first place. But I've experienced that. I've lost family. I haven't hugged my niece and nephew in 15 months, and they live in San Diego. And why? Because um, they probably will never see me again unless I choose to be vaccinated, and that's not going to happen. So what does that mean? That means I might never see my niece and nephew again, and that's heartbreaking. And so I think, you know, the great thing about this community has been you start to find out everybody has these stories. All of us, like you and Amy and me, all of us have these stories of losing people. And so that's why this community has been so important. And again, just please reach out, people. There's there's so many amazing people. Like, I can't even imagine what my life would be like, to be honest with you, without this community now. It, it's been yeah. a lifesaver. I have deeper connections with community. I mean, I have I have more friends. It's just 2020 was the most intensely social year I think in my whole entire life, and I've always been very social. Yeah, we've we've actually had a really really good time. I mean, I, this might sound bad, but yeah, we did speakeasies because nothing, you know, everything was shut down, and then there was a curfew, and bars were closed. We were doing live events with a bar and live music. And I mean, we were honestly having the best time. So, And not one coronavirus case, by no, the way. No. Not one single one. I mean, we, we've been around so many people this past year. And I'm sure, you know, you, you probably are the same. Hundreds of people, you know. And it's just not the way that they say it is. I mean, if, it, if this was a deadly pandemic, would you be able to go to Costco and queue up? all in one place and have to shut down why, why can Costco stay open and mom and pop business that's been around for 20 years small local community business has to shut forever does that make any sense it just doesn't make sense so have the courage to stand up people and to say you know something doesn't smell right um, you'll be okay you're gonna find people that we're gonna be here for you and we need you. Frankly, we need every single person to wake up and join us like yesterday. 
So mm -hmm. that that's that's my point of view. Yeah, it, it's been an interesting year, that's for sure. And and like you said, new friends have been made, may have lost some family members. Um, as a side note, anybody who's watching, if you have any comments or questions you'd like to ask Ali or Amy or bring up or just say, you're awesome, keep doing what you're doing, go ahead and put it in the chat and we'll get to them. So going back to businesses and closed businesses, and you brought up this idea of like 20 year old mom and pop places. Um, I, I don't think people who champion this idea of lockdowns really understood there was a human toll on the other side of it. They always said, well, we have to do this as long as it saves one life. And they're not looking at the other side of it, which is that everything has consequences. Driving someone out of business has consequences. Um, working in that as an activist in that area, do you have any stories you'd like to share of, of business owners that you've come in contact with that, that particularly stick out to you as an example of like, this is what happens when you did this lockdown and this is the, the consequences and the havoc you, you wrecked on people's lives. Yeah. So many stories. I know in particular one restaurant owner and I actually was talking to him and his wife during Christmas time, and they said, Amy, we haven't paid our mortgage in nine months. And this was after restaurants being open, shut, open, shut, open, shut. And then she said, I don't know how we're going to be able to provide for our kids for Christmas, any kind of, any kind of presents. And then I heard from another friend, somebody else who was part of reopened San Diego, a single mom. And she actually worked in a kitchen at another restaurant. And again, part of that whole open shut, open shut. Well, you know the whole controversy with the EDD and the whole uh, clown show that happened with all of the fraud and people who legitimately needed unemployment benefits couldn't get through. You know, it's taking months and months to get their benefits. So she was in the same situation. She said, Amy, I, I don't have any money. And you know what? We rallied together. We actually got donations from the community for both of them. And then another group, I just want to give a shout out to Big Table. Uh, they actually are a ministry that actually provides for restaurant workers who needed assistance during the shutdown. So we were so happy to partner with them. And they really blessed that single mom and that family. Yeah, my favorite toy store in North Park, little, um, you know, family-owned toy store, Replay Toys, I think was the name, um, had to shut down. And that was last year sometime. I mean, they, they struggled, limped along for a while. And so many businesses like that, just little, you know, businesses that were, were thriving. This place was thriving before COVID. And people want to say, oh, well, the government gave them loans. People did not get anywhere near anything they needed to make up for the income they lost. I mean, mm -hmm. so, you know, that, so it, it didn't work. So, I mean, I've, I've heard that. And then you talk to the business owners. So were those loans, those loans carried you through? No, they did not. Businesses closed, our beloved small businesses. And now what are we left with? We're left with Walmart, Costco, Amazon. So is this the world we want to live in where, you know, people like you or me might have a great idea for a, for a business, but the government can just come and 
take it away at any moment they choose. That's what's still in place here. Uh oh, <laughs> that's what's still at place here in California. The governor's emergency powers, as you know, Phil, are um, are still in place. He can, you know, he can say fifth wave, shut it all back down. Mm -hmm. Is that is that how we want to live our lives now? It's not how I want to live my life. I, I'm ready to fight back, and and you know, we need everybody to join us. We're gonna, we are gonna fight back. We're gonna continue to fight back. We've got to. I think that's a great place to talk about uh, what do you guys have coming up? I mean, the fight is not over. The fight is far from over. Um, I've put up your your website for people to go check it out. Reopensd.org if they want to check it out. Uh, so what's going on with this 4th of July pre-party I'm looking at right now? So it'll be at the Encore Event Center. And let me just tell you, one day when they write the history books about San Diego, they're going to write about a hero, and it's the owner of the Encore Event Center. His name's Leo, because at the height of the shutdowns, he was having secret weddings and secret bar mitzvahs and, you know, sadly, you know, secret funerals, right? Because even funerals were illegal. And as you know, there's a snitch line that Nathan Fletcher voted for and mm -hmm. actually... Uh, voted funding for, and people could call in and snitch on their friends and family and places like the Encore Event Center. So it was at one time, 40% of all the calls coming into the snitch line were about the Encore Event Center, where we had comedy nights and live music, and we had uh, scientists come and speak and lawyers come and speak. So we're going to have a pre-party on June 30th, at the Encore Event Center, and it's gonna be very family friendly, and we're going to have bounce houses for the kids, and cotton candy, and popcorn, and water balloon tosses, and face painting, and food trucks, and an amazing live, local San Diego live music band, um, which we're so excited about. All that info will be updated, um, the name of the band and everything soon. I mean, it's going to be, so we did one about a month ago, and it was such a huge success. We were, we were able to connect so many local families with a lot of mask-free camp and school resources. So we'll probably still have some resources uh, re there, but, you know, it's just so much fun. And to see the kids running around, not a mask in sight, together, having fun, bouncing around, it's just food for the soul. So Really, everybody, family, no family, single, married, whatever, come on down, join us, and meet some really cool people. Reopensd.org is where you can actually go to our event page and get all the information. And you can sign up for email subscription, right, to keep in touch with what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, so two more questions. Uh, one just popped into my head. Uh, so who's running for local office? Because I feel like there's a politician amongst you or me, both of you, which one of you is running for local office? That would have to be her. I think Amy would be great for office. We'll see if we can convince her. What do you want to we'll run see. for, Amy? I have no idea. And I have to tell you that this whole entire thing, the, uh, 
desire of our heart has been just to reopen San Diego. And I mean that. I have been approached by people who are movers and shakers right here in La Mesa because we're actually going to have a special election for the city council seat. And what I've actually said is, no, my heart is for reopen San Diego. And then outside of reopen San Diego, I'm also working with the recall Gavin Newsom people. So I'm going to be speaking on Monday at a recall Gavin Newsom rally in El Cajon. And I'm looking forward to that. So we have to, we have to recall him. We have to recall mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom. He's the one that did this. We have to hold them accountable and we have to fight these vaccine passports. And quite honestly, that might be a desire of my heart to run for office, but I would never run for office just for the, the sake of running for office. I feel my purpose and my calling right now is this fight. Well, I, I see a politician and I see a political future for Amy, that's for sure. Um, oh, thank you. So that's whatever, when, when you decide, let us know. We'll have you back on when you launch your campaign for whatever you're running for. It's too bad you couldn't run against Nathan Fletcher. I don't, you're not in his <laughs> district. Nope, he is not in La Mesa. <laughs> no, he's in my district, unfortunately. So, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, he's I'm my so representation. Sorry. So is wow. Dr. Jen Campbell. So I have two of the worst local politicians. Um, and last question, uh, what was it like meeting Ron DeSantis? Oh man, what a hero that guy is. Like, I call him the leader of the free world um, because I, I really, uh, you know, we need him to run for president in 2024. That's just my opinion. The guy is amazing. I was able to tell him thank you for what he's doing. Like, real leaders are so few and far between. And I, I don't know about your listeners, but I've been feeling just supremely gaslit by our governor and just like, you know, um, in an abusive relationship <laughs> with being allowed freedom and then you don't and then it's taken back and it's a little bit's given and you should be thankful for it. You really should. I let you go out and meet your friends. And so anyways, just to meet this leader that's standing up going, you know, not on my watch, we're not going to do any of this BS is just so refreshing. Yeah, he's uh, I like to call him now. He's like the president of the red states of America, because it seems like whatever he does, everyone else just follows what Ron DeSantis does. Even Texas, like what he does, Texas is like right behind. So it's just like, sadly, it's becoming like there's two Americas right now where there's the blue yeah. states and the red states who are living in two completely different worlds. Uh, but we could leave that for another day. Uh, it's been about 40 minutes. I don't want to take too much of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank uh, you. Everyone, if you want to get involved and you're in San Diego or you just want to reach out to them and you're in a different part of California and you want to know what they've been doing, how you can do it in their own county, go to reopensd.org. Um, reach out to them because we need more badass moms like this going out there fighting the fight. So thanks a lot, guys, for coming on. Thanks, Phil. It's awesome. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us on.
thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 